1: Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I will provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or A fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Meat. First, to thank you to all who are listening today and the readers of the blog. The chat room is open. If you're joining us live, feel free to uh, join us in the chat room. The official website is rexsikes.com. That's Rex Sykes, my name. And uh, you can subscribe to the website. There's a lot of new articles and different blogs and, and more new information there. You can read about my guests, my upcoming guests, my past guests, and you can listen to all of the interviews archived right there on the website at the Interviews blog. So go ahead and subscribe, and, and when you listen and you read the blogs and you and you discover the resources there, uh, share it with your friends and your and your uh, family and your industry connections, because we want to spread the word far and wide. Whenever you tweet about uh, my guests, it supports my guests. Whenever you tweet about the website, it supports me and my and my efforts to get you information that uh, you will want to have. Because Moviebeats is really designed to be a resource for you, and that is why I connect you up connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. So uh, when you Facebook it, MySpace it, or share it by your favorite means or email, uh, I really do, and my guests really do appreciate it. So thanks so much. Uh, All of these interviews are available through iTunes Store. They're free. Uh, There's over 90. There's close to 100 interviews. Tomorrow's show will actually be the one-year anniversary uh, that we began broadcasting. I had been delayed, oh, about a year or two by my web developer in, in in starting the programs and in putting the website up, but uh, we eventually began, I believe, the uh, interviews on the 25th of February. We are closing in on 100 interviews this year, uh, in the next couple of interviews, so uh, it's uh, it's an anniversary of sorts for us, and uh, I'm very pleased and very happy about that. Uh, before I bring on my guest today, uh, I just have a couple of announcements. One is Julia uh, Julie Richardson is a producer. She's responsible for helping bring the movie Collateral with Tom Cruise to the screen. Uh, she has uh, contacted me about uh, a new screenplay pitch contest that you can join in on by way of Facebook. It begins February 23rd, began yesterday, and it runs until Tax Day, April 15th, 2010. It's VPYPE. Screenplay pitch contest by way of Facebook. You can read about it um, on my blog at the Hot and Fun Group, but you can also search for it on Facebook because it is a Facebook group where you get to pitch uh, your screenplay, and yeah, there's prizes and different things. So I want you to read about it, but you have to find it on Facebook. And it it's V P Y P E. I'm not. I don't know how to say it. So. Um, uh, vpipe i guess is what it is vpipe uh screenplay pitch contest on facebook so check that out uh, my twitter address by the way is Rex sykes movie bt Rex sykes movie beat on twitter so do come join us follow us and uh and retweet us lots of great things uh new articles new resources new uh information on the website so be sure to check all that out coming up as far as the interviews go. Danielle Eskenazi is a commercial casting director. She's cast TV, movies, and more, uh, but she's now presently casting commercials. And we're going to talk about that angle and what casting directors look for in actors and how you can uh, move forward in your career. Michael A. Hoffman is an editor and a director. He's going to be coming up. John Mendoza, the comedian and actor, will be back, as will Reed Martin, author of The Real Truth, and Nick Mancuso. Uh, writer, actor, director. Eric Morris, the acting coach and author of over five books on acting, will be joining us. John Paul Rice is a producer. He's coming up. Eduardo Ball- Ballerini is an actor, uh, and he will be coming up in April, as will Rocky Lang. Patrick Giraldi is a post-production sound supervisor and re-recording mixer, and director Uva Boll, producer and director. And that's just all I'm going to tell you about right now. We've got a lot. Go check out the Interviews blog, and you'll find out all the rest. But uh, today, I am thrilled and excited to have on um, Ms. Juliet Landau, an actor and a director. Uh, She co-starred in Tim Burton's Ed Wood as Loretta King and starred opposite Whoopi Goldberg in New Line Cinema, Theodore Rex. I always like movies that have my name in it. She created the role Drusilla on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, appearing in Buffy and Angel, of course, uh, over six seasons. And um, she's done so much more. She has... uh, co-directed and appeared in Godhead's Hero music video. She co-wrote two issues of the Angel comic book about Drusilla, and she's directed the short documentary Take Flight about and for Gary Oldman. And uh, she's going to talk to us about that today. And uh, Juliet, how are you today? Are you there?
0: Yes, I'm here. I'm doing all right. How are you?
1: I'm good, Juliet. It's good to have you here and have you with us. Uh, We've got some people in the chat room and... uh, I always tell chat room people that they can ask questions. We we may get to them on the air. If not, uh, we'll try and get to them at some time. And people can always email their questions in uh, as well through the contact page. Um, it is great to have you here. Uh, you are um, well-known in the acting world. Uh, you certainly made an uh, indelible imprint on Buffy and Angel fans as the character Drusilla. And you've done so much more. I just want to ask you a little bit about about that for now. And then, and then I want to move into... Uh, about directing for you, so
0: okay. And congratulations on your one year anniversary. anniversary.
1: Thank you. Nothing Thank exciting. you. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, I don't, I'm not even sure where to begin because I don't want to ask you a typical fan thing. Well, let me ask you: How was it working in television? The difference between TVs and movies, and the schedule, um, and and creating a character like Drusilla. Uh, you know, lack of rehearsal time, those kinds of things. What, what, what for you? Uh, was it like appearing in a TV series versus uh, appearing in, in feature films?
0: Well, it definitely is a much quicker shoot schedule. Uh, on Buffy and Angel, we had an eight-day uh, shoot per episode. And um, independent films often shoot very quickly as well, but if you're working on um, a bigger Uh, budget studio movie or when i worked with tim burton and ed wood you definitely have a much more luxurious shooting schedule in terms of the number of pages that you're doing a day Um, with buffy it was such a fun collaborative creative experience and um, luckily the first season i came in which was season uh, two we would get the scripts about a week in advance and so i um uh, my co-star james marsters and i both have a really strong theater background and we would get together and rehearse and we'd come up with all these things and and bring them in so that we'd be you know as prepared as possible because yes you are shooting on the fly very often you get um really hardly any rehearsal it's really more of a, a rehearsal for camera than for the actors and so um we would would rehearse, and it, it, it was great because we figured that our characters had been together for about 200 years. <laughs> and so we thought we really had to have a familiarity and, and be really comfortable with each other physically, and there couldn't be any you know, tentativeness or any of that. And so all of that rehearsal just brought so much richness to the role.
1: Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's amazing. And I just want to say, um, as an aside, Uh, I have just, in the last two weeks, turned my daughter on to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and so she watches it every day with me when she comes home from school. We're we're just ending season one, so you'll be coming up very soon. I'll
0: be coming Uh, in. Awesome. Yeah, you're going to be coming
1: in. Uh, She's actually 11, and I wasn't sure whether I wanted to introduce her at that age or not, but uh, she had become, her mom let her read... Uh, twilight and uh uh-huh. twilight movie and I said you know I have got something that you're going to want to watch and so and 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 so she's is watching it scaring
0: it. her yeah. or is she she's, is it no is no no, no it's, her? I know,
1: no it's not. Oh, no it's not and that then, that was my concern was that you know it might be a little gruesome uh so my son doesn't get to watch it yet he's 7 so no he's 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 he has out to wait that. a few
0: years
1: he's going to wait until he's at least 11 I guess but um I I have always maintained that television came of age with uh Twin Peaks, and that it continued to grow up with Buffy and Angel. I thought that those mm-hmm. were two superior television series in the way that they approached uh, TV, the way they entertained us, and that it's continued to grow with shows like Rescue Me, where we've talked with Peter Tolan. And and mm-hmm. uh, and so literally in, in my history, I've just named the four favorite TV shows of mine. And huh. uh, and so, you know, it, it, it's... it's um, but you've also starred and in, 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 had lead roles in lots of independent movies and, uh, and appeared on, on, you know, guest stars and, and in television shows. You've been in, just let me mention some of the movies, Yellow Wallpaper, Darkness Visible, Hack, Toolbox, Murders, Repossessed, uh, Ravager, Direct Hit, Citizens, um, and you've been on Millennium. Oh, Millennium, oh, that was, uh, you know, that's uh, another show that I certainly watched. And um, uh, La Femme Nikita, Strong Medicine, um, and and so much more. Uh, any of the things that I mentioned just stand out for you, or 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 not uh, something that you? Yeah, to... yeah. Well, all of
0: them. Um, um, I love what I do, and and have been really fortunate to play uh, an incredibly wide range of characters. I think the first one that popped out in terms of uh, that sort of flooded me with with how much I enjoyed working on it was um, the episode of La Femme Nikita was. Uh-huh. really great because it was um, uh, the creator of the show, Joel Cerno, who has gone on to since create uh, 24. It was oh. his uh, yeah, directorial debut and we, uh, I got to play two different characters. Actually, it was almost like three characters, so it was sort of an actor's dream because I played um, this sort of delicate um, character who was dying of leukemia and, and rather fragile and then this tough Terrorist chick, <laughs> and then the one has to protect, you know, infiltrate and become like the other one, and so there's a, like this middle sort of area too. So it, it was a, an actor's uh, uh, delight in terms of all all the different character arc and and what uh, uh, both characters, and I was alternating between uh, between them, and, and just had such a good time working on it.
1: Oh, that's cool. Now you've also do uh, voiceovers, and those my son has seen, Justice League Unlimited, Ben 10 was one of his favorites, Alien Force Defense Oh, cool. So, uh, you know, I, I know that we both heard you. Uh, didn't realize it at the time, but uh, I, I know that we have because we've watched all of those together. Um, well, it, I mean, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. Now, you have um, gotten involved with Gary Oldman on this particular project, um, Take Flight. Yes. It's, that is correct. How did, how did that come about, and, and can you tell us what the project is?
0: Sure. Um, well, Gary directed a music video for a Jewish hip-hop band, which he mm-hmm. shot entirely on cell phones. And he approached me to uh, direct the making of. And when I saw the footage that I'd gotten, I had this incredibly rare POV, and, and I got very excited, and I went to Gary and asked if it could develop into a short documentary film. And he gave me his blessing, and, and Take Flight was born. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Now,
1: uh, what's it like um, moving from actress to behind camera and and, and, and making your directorial debut in, in this fashion? Yeah, it is wonderful.
0: Been... Sorry. Mm-hmm. What were you?
1: No, no. I, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't misstating something. Is, 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 is the directorial debut for you?
0: Yes, absolutely. Since that time, I uh, co-directed the Hero music video, as you mentioned, and I um, am currently uh, co-directing a promo campaign that's going to time out with the release of Take Flight, which is tomorrow. And so I've uh, been interviewing all these these really cool folks and and putting that together as well. but this was definitely the first my first foray and it i just had the best time i really loved having the vision for the whole and getting to bring that vision to fruition because as, as an actor which i love as well you're you're a component that that fits into the whole so um this was was really exciting and i i've been uh you know uh Fortunate in terms of the directors that I've gotten to work with, and and all of that stuff, and so I uh, I I feel like I t- took those lessons into into working on this.
1: Awesome. I you know, I hope you don't mind me asking you in a moment what uh, what kind of some of those lessons are, and the, and the, and then the difference because you're an actor um, and and now a director, but but you've made a documentary as opposed to making you know a, a narrative or you know. A, a story-driven thing, but you are it telling—you're still going to be telling a story in it. And I want to ask you how how that all came—you know—how that all comes about for you. Um, yeah,
0: sure. Um, um, w- one of the things that's sort of uh, funny is that um, when Gary asked me to direct the making of, I, I jumped at the chance because I, you know, Gary—I've always been such a, a fan of Gary's work and just the, the the immense range and and depth. And he's just one of the best actors ever. So I was completely thrilled to do it. Um, but I realized that even though I have been in a ton of making of's, that I actually uh-huh. had never watched one. Um, oh, wow. Not even, <laughs> yeah, not even the ones I've, I had been in. So after saying yes, I realized, oh, wow, I, I, better, I better do research. So I basically holed up uh, for, for a number of weeks and really watched – Every music video making of I could get my hands on, every uh, film making of, every uh, a lot of documentaries, a lot of director commentaries, and I made an outline for myself of what what really interested me and what I wanted to go after um, during the shoot and be sure to get. Yeah, and so that that and that was, you know, so. So helpful because I had a road map and a game plan for what I was going to do, and the, and the shoot was a uh, three-day shoot.
1: Um, before we before we go further, I want to ask because the launch is tomorrow. Let's just tell our listeners right now, you know, where or how or what they might do to um, eventually see it or or yes. be in touch with it.
0: Definitely, um, it will be available starting tomorrow for streaming on the website. The film website is Juliet Landau's TakeFlight dot com. So it's my name, which is J U L I E T L A N D A U S with no apostrophe. T A K E F L I G H T dot com. Right. <laughs> I was still hoping I was spelling it <laughs> correctly as I was. <laughs>
1: You know, you wouldn't be the first person who's misspelled their own website. I I spell I, I my own name wrong sometimes. <laughs> Have
0: you? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Just you know. But anyway, um, well, that's awesome. Now, so so when you research the taking, I mean, sorry, the making of, because yeah. what what. So, what did you discover in terms of making one? I mean, I I think that that in and of itself is kind of an interesting discussion because I I don't know, you know, exactly uh, if I were asked to make it tomorrow. I I don't know what Uh I would necessarily consider important, You, you know.
0: Yeah, you know, what I found for me, what I found the most interesting and what became the through line was when I got into and got information about the artist or the actor or the the director their what their pro- creative process was and that's where i i got really really interested because it is what what fascinates me so i i wanted to be sure to really capture as much of gary doing what he does while directing that that was the thing that that really w- was going to drive um the footage
1: uh, and that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's. that's um, I, I mean, I like that that angle. Now, has Gary directed other you know, music videos before?
0: I he mean has. Was, this, was
1: this the first? Three? Oh, he has.
0: No, he has. He's directed a couple other music videos, um, and I and uh, but this is definitely the first one he has directed on cell phones, which he chose uh-huh. to do as a. Um, uh, it basically came out of. The budgetary constraint—he calls it in the film. He says "nano budget," (laughs) Uh and so he wanted to figure out with that what he could do that would be interesting without having the funds to do, you know, uh, build tremendous sets and do, you know, crane shots and like all that kind of stuff. Like, what could he do? And he came up with the idea to use to use the cell phones.
1: Now, did uh, how did you shoot your making of, Doctor? I
0: shot. Yeah, I had um three cameras chronicling the action and I had uh, uh th- they were high def and standard def and then I also had access to all of the cell phone footage. And what was amazing about that is that Gary operated one of the cell cams, and so it's literally like being inside his brain and seeing through his eyes, and you'll see Uh, the genesis of an idea, and then him carry that idea through, and that's when when I was in, in the editing bay and started to see that footage when I got really excited because... It was a perspective that you would never have with a traditional camera. And so this new technology afforded us a glimpse into, you know, one of the best artists of our time um, doing what he does.
1: That is absolutely fascinating. And, and you're right. I mean, it's a rare glimpse into, yep. into you know, in being there. And um, did, uh, does uh, cell phone camera work provide its own challenges? when you're cutting something like this together or putting it together?
0: It was a bit challenging in terms of because we had all those different codecs sitting on the timeline together. The thing uh, that was surprising is um, how, uh, and there was a few challenges in terms of the, the technical aspects of outputting the film and all of that, but once we got all of that nailed, it's, it's incredible how fluid and seamlessly it all intercuts. Um, you really wouldn't... No that it's that it's changed um the only thing is that w- one of the things that i i chose to do in terms of um well uh, let me just tell you a little like the structure of the film basically starts where you get glimpses peppered then you get longer more expansive pieces and by the very end you're completely released into gary's view and what i decided to do is keep the uh the aspect ratios uh different, so that the cell footage is four three, and everything else is a uh, letterbox 16.9. Uh-huh. And I wanted to do that so that, first of all, to keep Gary's framing intact, because it's beautiful, and second of all, because it cuts so fluidly, I really wanted the viewer to be clear when we were looking through his eyes and when we were, you know, when we were watching the events. Um, so, so I chose to do that.
1: That's really cool. I can't wait to see it, and uh, I'll share it with you a little bit, just that I might we have a local film festival, it's a great event, it's called Firestarter Films, and they have, every so often they run a contest and they go, uh, make a two-minute video on this topic, and and it, it's just for fun. I mean, there's there, there's no really, I mean, there's some awards, but there's, you know, prizes. But anyway, the point being is that, that uh, my son and I went out sledding, and I shot all of his sledding on the cell phone and thought, okay, we'll take this back and we'll edit it, you know, and in, in Final Cut, let my daughter edit it and they can put together a, a movie for the, a two-minute movie for this contest. And uh, the thing that I discovered, though, with the cell phone was that, uh, at least in my limited knowledge of using my own iPhone, was that I didn't know whether I could zoom in or not zoom in. so everything is shot just as it would appear on the cell phone. And, with, and, and not having shot a whole lot of movies on a cell phone, I'm... You know, got got a lot of wavy camera stuff in there. But it would be interesting to see how it pieces together. So so in this case, with with a, a movie on a cell phone, it, was Gary able to zoom, or does he just move the camera closer, or, or how, does, you know, how does all
0: that? Yeah, I'm thinking that there's not a lot of zoom shots, but what he did do is he figured yeah. out a lot of well,
1: – And I'm sorry, I don't mean to say zooming in, I but I mean, you know, getting a close-up. The only way I would have been able to get a close-up was to actually – move the camera just inches for my son and then hope that it was spoken. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I understand I, I think I think it's was actually uh pretty much the same in terms of moving the cameras. The thing that that was uh interesting is the way that he um figured out um to use the camera in terms of you know obviously um because it's a cell cam there's not uh, equipment that's been developed the way there has with traditional camera packages. Right, right. He, he Yeah. So he literally figured out clamps and things to to attach it to to weigh it down so that it would be steady so that you we you know wouldn't get the wavy thing that you're talking wow. about. Um, he he'd do things like tape it to a pole to get a crane shot to get stuff uh, um, you know an aerial view. He uh. Uh, used a wheelchair to make a dolly shot like he's pushed in a wheelchair he actually taped the cell phone to his body and um there's a whole sequence that i've edited to a piece of music that uh works a bit like almost a, a ballet uh where he's uh, in between two other members of the band and he's shooting the shadows with the cell phone taped to him on the ground so that he's uh-huh. stepping in for one of the band members in essence and so it was really innovative in terms of all the different techniques he came up with to use this particular, you know, uh, type of camera.
1: Yeah, you know, you, I mean, you took the word right out of my mouth. I mean, I was about to say that it's very innovative, and I mean, it, it really is inventive. I mean, it, it is, it is, and creative. I mean, I, I you know, I, I didn't even consider that as as we've been talking about, you know, putting it on a pole for a crane shot or mm-hmm. or. Or stepping in and, and 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 that's just that is awesome. I, I, it, it makes me even more want to see take flight your you know your behind the scenes look. So I mean that 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 is absolutely fascinating. Um, so who worked on this with you? I mean, I anything? had
0: yeah the most amazing team of people uh, working working on this. It was a true labor of love and and I have uh, incredibly talented friends and and people that that donated or or you know really gave their time to the project. Um, I had two time Emmy winning sound editor pembroke andrews who who works on twenty four. Been up uh, for many more Emmys, one, two. And he uh, produced, was one of the producers on Take Flight. He also shot a lot of the footage in Take Flight and he worked uh, on the sound editing with me. Uh, Devil Weeks, who is my producing partner and who I co directed the Hero music video with and the Take Flight promo campaign I'm directing with him as well, he is the cinematographer. Uh, along with Gary on the Red Rover music video, um, and then he, uh, produced and worked, uh, with me on Take Flight. Um, Ingela Og- Ogard, uh, my editor who sat with me side by side tirelessly working and who is incredibly talented and, and really musical, um, and she also cut Gary's music video, and the film, by the way, it runs 25 minutes, and it includes the music video at the end. Um, Let's see, um, John Vasquez, who was another producer and my technical advisor, which was Much needed (laughs) and incredible. Uh, Larry Benjamin, who's a re-recording mixer, who is always, always busy and and did us a favor um, to to work on this. Jeremy Alter produced it as well, and he produced um, David Lynch's movie Inland Empire and has directed, yeah, a feature uh, himself. PhotoCam did the color correction, and they did an exquisite job and I want to give a special thank you to Mike Broderson there. And um I think I think that's that's the group.
1: Well, an impressive group it is. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you must have had a lot of fun doing this. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a creative endeavor and and uh, as your first venture out, I mean, to have a team assembled like that and and be able to work with Gary and and uh, and make all this happen i I mean I, that sounds absolutely thrilling,
0: yeah, I really I really did have such a such a creative time because the other thing is I chose um all of the music, and I decided uh to use classical pieces for Gary's internal creative world, and then the outside world is reflected by the music of hutzpah and um it was it was interesting because I remember there was a certain point where I said to gary, you know i'm, I'm trying all these different music to find what the inside of your head sounds like. <laughs> and he he laughed and he said, good luck, I can't wait to hear what you choose, you know. And the the funny thing about it is that I put all these this music up against the footage to figure out what I wanted to use and three of the four pieces that I um, um, decided on have birds in the title just serendipitously, and I was like, that piece of music, that's what I want to use, and so it, the lark ascending, the swan, and the seething magpie, and, and the movie uh, is called Take Flight, <laughs> so it seems like it was all meant to be.
1: And the website I'm just going to mention again is Juliet Landau, Take Flight, Uh it's uh, Juliet Landau's Take com. I was just looking at that because I'm looking at it on your biography page on my website where there is a link as well. But it's Juliet Landau's Take flight.com. And the launch date is tomorrow, 2 25, 2010. Which, you know, you started off by saying, you know, congratulations sir, or happy anniversary. But my anniversary falls on the launch date of your movie. And that makes my oh, wow. anniversary that much happier. <laughs> <That's pretty cool. laughs> Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, Julia, I'm gonna take just a short break here and uh for kind of an identification and then we'll be right back.
0: Okay. Perfect. You're
1: listening to Rex Bikes Movie Beat. The official website is com. Be sure to go and listen to all of the interviews that are archived or subscribe to them through the iTunes Store. They're free and it's a resource for you. If you hear about something coming up before I do, please email me. Give me enough lead time so that I can investigate it and get it up on the website. That's true about cast and crew information. Um, if you have questions for my guest, Uh, Use the contact page right there at the website. You can uh, put their name in the subject header, the questions in the body of the email, and email it off, and then we'll try and ask uh, the guests the questions when they appear on the show. Um, People have sent me books and and DVDs and and different products and and different programs, filmmaking programs for review or just because they want to, uh, and you can use the contact page for that as well. Uh, I certainly do appreciate being able to look at these things, and and it's also another way of um, having upcoming guests come up, because they send me their works, and I get to look at them. If I don't know them or or don't know their works, uh, it gives me a moment to look into that. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm pleased that we have uh, Juliet Landau with us today, talking about her recent new documentary film, Take Flight, uh, chronicling Gary Oldman's uh, Jewish hip-hop group Chutzpah, uh, the music video. And um, let me ask you this, Juliet. Is, is yeah. Independent of Take Flight, is, is, what is Gary doing with the music video? Is that something that's going to be out there as well, or is it?
0: Yeah, I, be- I believe it actually is. Uh, uh, I mean, it's within the movie. It's, I obviously have the video, and it's also oh, cool. on Chutzpah's uh, website, I believe, that that's where it is as well.
1: And so, if people will look up Hutzpah, they might see it there. But they also, you know, definitely go to takeflight dot com. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. I know we've talked about the technology, but you know, and, and some of the things that you've done. Is there is there anything else that uh, you want us to be aware of in terms of of how you made um, your documentary? And and how did you? I mean, as a, as a as a, a first time director doing this how did how did you end up um you know utilizing all this and and and, and uh, you know you're very creative and you 've done a lot and i and I certainly want to explore your background as well um further but but how, how did you know how was it i mean are you a techie in, in real life too
0: um oh no, I am so far that this was kind of a baptism by fire i mean literally the funny thing is i didn't <laughs> this is sort of humiliating to 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 even admit but i didn't have a computer or an email probably until about three and a half years ago four years ago and then i took to it uh, immediately once and and then uh, with the film i literally sort of got immersed in it and started to suck up as much knowledge as possible and and uh, but but there, it was funny because there were moments where, you know, everybody would be banding about all this technical info. And, and I kept just saying, you know, I want the film to look good because we were talking about the, the issue of all the different codecs on the timeline and how to output it. And what to, and that was my big contribution. Like, I want it to look good. <laughs> We'd be like, yes, how are we going to achieve that? I'm, I want it to look good. And then we did, you know, and but I definitely did um, learn something. So much, and just soaked up all the information, and really enjoy that aspect of you know all the the technology involved. Um, I do enjoy it.
1: Well, you I mean you've been you've, you know you've spent years on sets and uh, and working in films and on television. Um, you know I know that's I know that has to rub off, but but now you're stepping into the role of actually directing three cameras and sound people, and then cutting, and then. You know, and then shaping and and making not only just the creative decisions but the executive decisions at that level um, what was all of that like I mean it, it, again um, can you kind of maybe take us I suppose step by step like if somebody if, if one of the listeners out there is going that's fascinating and, and I want to learn how to do this what what kinds of things did you do to prepare and and, and how did you see yourself through it?
0: Well, I think preparation is key with anything. I mean, as an actor, I'm always really prepared uh in terms of just doing so much homework, research work ahead of time that when you because when you show up on set there's always so many surprises. A lot of unexpected things happen. There's crises and then often there's also unexpected riches. And I find the more prepared I am, the freer and mo- more fluid and, you know, that I can go with those things uh, because I have the bedrock of, of, of everything that I've, I've um, you know, done ahead of time. So I, I found the same thing with this. That's you know part of why I watched so much different stuff and, and made a timeline so that I would have a blueprint, but then I also, knowing that it was a documentary or at that time in making of, that it was a fly on the wall, verite kind of thing that I, I wanted to be able to also go with and get um all of the surprises and the things that were were happening that I wouldn't have anticipated ahead of time, um, so preparation is key, so I think that was the the, the main thing and then i I also um, I, I found that the more I trust my instincts uh, in in life as well as in in work huh. um, the the better I am if I really follow my gut and what i believe in and, 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 and know, um, it doesn't lead me astray. And I found the same thing through the editing process that I would really know what I felt like furthered. I mean, one of the things is I had 50 hours of footage <laughs> and wow. I, was, I watched all 50 hours three times through. Um, wow. Someone had given me, yeah, a friend of mine said to me, he said something really interesting. He said, watch the footage until it speaks to you. And I felt like that really happened. There was a moment where, because I knew in my head what I had wanted to get. I knew what I had felt like I got on set. I knew all of that, but I, I wanted to really look at the footage and see what was there. And I felt like there was a moment where, where I really got the idea for the structure. I really got the idea of, of wow, we're going to see from this this unique perspective and I got the structure of what, how I wanted to put the film together because originally I was going to do it the other way around. I thought, you know, oh, I'll have, the, I'll have the timeline being all the stuff, you know, capturing the surrounding, you know, what's, the action of what's going on, and I'll pop in the cell phone footage. And then when I saw it, I really thought, no, it has to go the other way. This has to be the structure, how it blooms, and then we finally get completely into to seeing through Gary's perspective
1: excuse me, that is, that is, that is, that is awesome, I, I have, um, some difficulty, yeah, I mean, managing the, the thought of watching, like, 150 hours worth of video, but that, uh, or a film, you know, over and over again, but, but, you know, I understand it, we, I had a, recently, I had another documentary filmmaker on, and it would, you know, I mentioned the hundreds of hours of film, and, um, that, that, you know, sometimes is shot, and, you know, unlike a narrative where you've got a screenplay and you kind of have a roadmap, and you might go completely different. An editor might say, "You know what? It starts better by putting the end in the beginning rather than starting it the way it was written." But, but you've got this kind of roadmap. Where doing a documentary like what you did, you, you know, when mm-hmm. you say it spoke to me, you know, we, you know, I, I had to. I mean, I, I I can only imagine. I've never done a documentary, so I can only imagine what that process might be like to have. Uh, it unfold for you using you, you, you know you're in your own creative process by watching it again you know and again. Um,
0: it, yeah, you know it really well. It helped me with a number of things. First of all, I got so familiar with the footage, so I really knew where everything was. I had a, a, a very thick book logged in terms <laughs> of writing all the time codes and all the stuff to go in uh, to Iggy, my editor, with and and um, and it, 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 It was definitely a lot to watch, but I think also the way that I work is I like to go over things. There's a moment where I feel like I know it's all gelled and it's right. And that, that's kind of, in a way, it's kind of the, the theme of the, the movie because the movie the movie shows Gary in a way that he hasn't been seen before. It's, it's a very funny and light and playful and childlike and fluid and free, and his sense of humor is just tremendous, and I think it really captures that. But the other part of it is there's a, a moment in the film where, or a, a specific point where Gary says, I'm just trying to find that right moment. And I think that is the pursuit of every artist. It's finding that moment where everything gels and and it takes flight. And so... That's what it's like for me is with this editing process. Like There was that moment where I, I really understood what it was I wanted to tell, and then it was an, a, a thing of being kind of brutal in terms of there was a lot of stuff that was really funny or really cool, but I felt like it didn't fit into my arc and the structure that I set up and, and all of that, and so it just had to go. so uh so that was uh the, what what I did there, uh pretty much that's looking cool. at everything yeah
1: no that's awesome I, uh, my mic just went out for a second there too, so oh, okay. one of those startling moments for me uh, no, but that is awesome and and I, and i and I want to come back to something you said about trusting your gut and your instincts and and uh, i'm going to assume I, i'm gonna i'm going speak for you, you correct me if I 'm wrong but okay. but your ability to trust your gut is not an accident it's based on the years and the investment and the experience that you've had as a professional actor, filmmaker, storyteller, writer, you know, and voiceover artist and all the things that you've done. And the reason I point that out is because mm-hmm. it's it's I think it's it's true for anyone that they can go out and they can trust their gut, but it helps when they have a wealth of experience to base that trust on. In other words, yes. honed your perceptions. It's not like it's not a wishful kind of thing that, gee, I'm just gonna go do something and, and and then you go well. I trust myself, but you do it because of its, it's it's experiential for you.
0: Yes, it, and it, but oh, sorry. What were you going to say?
1: No, I just meant there's a wisdom in trusting your gut at that at, in in that stage or at that stage or in this point.
0: Yes, um, I think what, what that's true because what I've learned is I, I tend to as as an actor I I tend to make very bold choices. And, uh, for instance, I, I recently did the, uh, Green Lantern First Flight voiceover, uh, film and I, I voiced a character named La Bella. And when I got the material, uh, the pages and the drawing, this, this voice came to me that I don't know exactly where it came from, but I was, Like, she absolutely has to sound like this. And it was a bit off the wall. So usually when I do that, I'll come up with a second choice in in case when I go into the recording session, the producers and the director and the voice director – are like oh you know we, we were thinking something different I'll have a, a backup but I could not for the life of me think of a backup no matter what I was like this is how she has to sound <laughs> this is it this is her voice and so I figured if they didn't like it I would you know work it out in the booth on the moment and I was recording with a, a group of wonderful actors John La Roquette and we were all sitting in a semicircle and recording it, and, and they absolutely loved it and 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 uh and and so I got to do that voice um but what I found is that I tend to make bold choices when I'm acting. And what I found in myself is if, if I, when I go with them and follow them, uh, it, it really works well. And, and if I don't trust that and I do it, let's say even halfway or something like that, it really doesn't, it, it, it it's so much better if I really go for what I feel like is the right thing. Because it is, invariably the right thing <laughs> so I've learned that I think you're right from experience of of doing it and seeing when i don 't do that i don 't think it's as successful as when I do do that
1: well and, and it gives you the uh, what what I, what I hear you saying is is because of your experience because of of, of how you operate it gives you that uh, the opportunity to take larger risks because you know you, you have honed your own talent and your ability, you know, to do just that, you know, to to, to go out and do things boldly. Uh, so it, it's interesting, you know, to hear you talk like that. I, I, I liken it to to, you know, somebody who's, say, an experienced rock climber. They're going to make certain gut-level decisions mm-hmm. and choices and take risks because they've done it a lot, which I would never recommend for somebody who's never rock climbed. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: So, so you know, yeah. it, it,
0: that's interesting so, that that does make that i i understand what you're saying with that analogy for sure
1: yeah and and, and i think that people people you know even if they're venturing out they can they can uh, take bold risks and they can take but 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 you know you also have a team of professionals around you and and you're working as a director and so you're making choices and i, and I think that new time filmmakers because i always appeal to those on the show as well uh, they mm-hmm. can be creative but 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 they may not have You know the experience or expertise to back up what they're trying to do, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't do it, but that they should investigate and and to learn. And I'm going to ask you for your advice to first-time directors in a moment, but I wanted to Uh, ask you this
0: first. One quick thing I was going to say to you about that is that I think also when when I say bold, I also I mean that it also everything always. For me, has to be rooted. It's not. It's not for the sake of being bold. It's. It's actually just that it's a fulsome idea. Let's put it that way. It's. Right. It's going with my imagination. But it's. It's always. The. The more rooted something is, um, you know, like with Aunt Buffy, I'm playing a very fantastical character. But all of my choices, even though it's a Bold character if I want to use that word, are completely rooted so that there is a, an underpinning that's very real in there um, so so I think that's that's important as well and definitely it it is about um, um, for me it I loved that I guess I have strong opinions about how, how you know, w- once I started working on Take Flight, I really had a clarity of what I wanted to do, and I felt that nothing was going to really sway me from that. I was kind of on a mission to do that, and so I, th- I think it's, you know, and that probably does come from a combination of all the work that I've done up until then coming, coming to that moment. Probably you're right.
1: Well, I, I think that's just awesome, and and I'm I'm looking forward to the launch. I definitely want to see this, and I and I know that your fans and Gary Oldman's fans are gonna are be fascinated and and looking in and uh, and checking it out because uh, what you said before it's a unique glimpse one into Gary, and two it's a unique glimpse into you you know as a director and your vision being there on screen, you know with with he and the and the musical group you know being the subject. So I mean I I think it's I, I think. Uh, people are going to be fascinated all the way around. And and, uh, I'm so pleased that uh, we get to talk about that here. Uh, But let me ask you this. Uh, Sure. What about pre-production? How much lead time did you have? You said it was a three-day shoot, if I'm not not mistaken. Yes,
0: it was a three-day shoot. And I had actually a few weeks. Um, I think it was about three weeks because that's the period that I remember. I I just was watching as much stuff as possible. So I think think it was about three weeks prior to the shoot that – that I signed on,
1: and uh, and you assembled your team and and got ready for the shoot, and and then you shot it, and uh, uh, how long has it been in
0: post? It's been uh, a little bit of a long. One of the things when you're working with uh, with talented working people is that uh, they and you don't have a big budget. You're basically working around people's paying jobs they have to obviously put their 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 money jobs first so you're you're meeting at odd hours <laughs> you know sometimes um you're after uh, if Pembroke's working you know uh, an 8 hour day or a 12 hour day you know we're meeting at strange hours or on the weekend or whatever so you're you're working around those schedules which makes it a little bit more protracted than if you have have a budget to actually hire people during, you know, and and for them to be there um, consecutively and you can, you know, in a way get it done much sooner. So it definitely took a little bit longer than than was anticipated at first.
1: And about how long was that process?
0: It's um, about nine months. It took about nine Uh, months to get everything sort of, it sounds like, yeah, like like a gestation period, (laughs) probably about that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, but, and, but I mean, I guess that's not really unusual either. I mean, shoots, you know, no. are, are typically much shorter than the pre-production or the post-production phase, so, so uh, you know, that's uh, that's not unreasonable. What do you hope people come away with from the from from the film?
0: Well, I hope um, I think I hope people enjoy the humor. Um, mm-hmm. I think Gary's so funny, and so I really hope people enjoy the humor and also that they see Gary in a way that they haven't seen him before and and then the the thing that i was telling you before about you know the, in in a way the beauty of creativity and just trying to find that right moment and that they you know that you do see Gary's creative process really take flight
1: awesome now we have literally about Oh, maybe nine minutes on the outside left, and, and I just want to say I'm I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I would love to have you back if you want to come back um, to talk about other things, to talk about if you your acting. Uh, you're going to be in a in a in a in a a short film that you've written called It's raining cats and dogs. I understand you can play like seven different characters in the project. I mean, you've done a lot of stuff, and I would love to have you back talking more about Buffy and about the the different TV work and voiceover work and things like that. If you're willing to come back at some point, absolutely awesome so we will arrange that and then we'll let listeners know uh in the future when that's going to occur and um uh i, I think i started asking you this before but the uh advice for first time directors anything that uh, uh you learned or or was challenging that you had to overcome you know a problem that you solved or something that, that uh, when you're dispensing advice to to people who might be directing for the first time um that you could share
0: i think um that besides the other things that I shared, I think the.
1: No, yeah, you shared a lot. I don't mean to.
0: No, 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 no. I don't. I'm just thinking, thinking, uh, thinking. I think the other, the other thing I would say is that for me, um, when when problems or even something co- comes up that you, you're not, you know, happy with it in terms of the editing, it's not quite what you want like to sort of just keep to stick with something and continue to puzzle it through because the answer will present itself and it may be unlikely like you're thinking in a particular thing and then all of a sudden something sort of outside the box of what you're thinking comes to you and is the solution that makes it better and I think that that is something um that you know sort of staying staying with the problem spots and almost—I mean, needing it. Needing it is the wrong thing. Like, can okay, I need? You know. But that kind of thing uh-huh. of reworking and reworking and rethinking until sort of the, the the little light bulb moment happens, um, because it does happen. It sometimes doesn't happen. You're wanting it to happen earlier. I remember there was a point in the film where I was really the the whole beginning part. I I wasn't so pleased with what that, where, what I had done there and so I actually sat down and wrote out what the film was what I wanted to say with the film and I uh-huh. kind of wrote this like page long rant or, in a way because I felt very stuck and uh-huh. literally I'd say like 10 minutes after writing that I got the solution for what I needed to do. It actually was pulling a bunch of stuff out and really streamlining it and then I felt like it made it. It just like clicked and made it work. But it was so so that was a, a tool that actually helped me a lot because it refocused to me what is it I'm trying to say and then it became clear to me that what was bothering me is that I had some extraneous stuff that didn't further what I was trying to say. If that makes sense.
1: It does. It does, and 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 I and I even like the suggestion of writing it down so that you know it kind of makes it concrete when you when you put things on paper because you can step back, look at it. But but it's not just the process of actually physically writing it. I I think it's a, it's a way of organizing your thoughts. You know, which mm-hmm. which sometimes when they're just left in our head. You know we, well, you know they're, they're 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 kind of floating around up there. But but uh, so I I think that's important advice. You know to be able to to take a moment, take a break, and then clarify what it is that you, that you're after. Uh, mm-hmm. It sounds like a successful approach for you. Um, let me ask you this again. We want to remind people that the launch is tomorrow. Uh, it's two twenty five two thousand and ten. It's February. Um, what's today? It's uh, Wednesday. So the 24th, it's Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, the twenty Thursday, the twenty fifth of February. I don't normally, you know, point out a whole lot of uh, dates for shows because they tend to be archived. But uh, in this case, any listeners worldwide uh, certainly want to tune in to JulietLandowsTakeFlight dot com, and 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 check out this uh, movie that we're talking about, the, the documentary film that Juliet made. Um, how uh, we've got oh, about four minutes, so we won't okay. be able to do it justice. But but how? Um, I know you formed a production company and you're doing other things. And, and I mentioned the the Israeli cats and dogs, but but how did doing this experience lend itself to the to the second music video that you did, Hero? Um,
0: the the band uh, Godhead actually saw. I did a uh, sneak preview of the film uh, because I also, you know, you're sitting and you're thinking, okay, this, this works and I wanted to sort of see it with an audience and how it played and oh yeah, the laughs worked in terms of the pacing, it felt like it it would but you know, you have to see all that stuff and the band um, was at that sneak preview and basically um, came and asked if if uh, I uh, and several Weeks would co-direct it and we listened to the song and loved the song and um, came on board and we shot that on the red camera and we uh-huh. shot it like um a black and white 1930s silent movie that was the the look that we that we were going for and and ended up doing with the video
1: wow wow and and uh, in the remaining moments I guess cuz cuz when you come back I uh, certainly you know we can we can revisit some of these things um mm-hmm. What uh, I want to give you, you know, in the last three minutes or so, just just leeway to talk about really anything that you want to talk about. Like I said, you have other projects coming up. You've done so much. You've you've uh, uh, written a couple issues of Angels comic book. I mean, you know, it's just uh, uh, what's next? Maybe is a question. Where, where, where are you going to go from from here after the launch? And uh, oh, by the way, no, you know what? Let, let's you you can, but also the um, yeah. uh the the promo campaign and uh yeah. co-directing you know to time out with the release how how does how's that working out
0: it's working out great. Um, it's been a mad, mad amount to uh, to edit, <laughs> to time, time it out. But basically, what I did is I came up with um, it's a sister project, and because um, Take Flight is about Gary's creative process, I interviewed other artists that I admire about their creative process, and also at the end asked them how they would market a film about Gary Oldman, Jewish hip hop, and cell phones. And <laughs> we are getting the funniest. Greatest answers, um, and I've had amazing people. So, and those we're going to uh, release one starting tomorrow on the 25th, and then about every other day. And um, I, I've talked to um, Michael Rosenbaum, who played Lex uh-huh. Luthor for seven seasons on Smallville. Sam Anderson, who I worked with, uh, who was Holland Manners on Angel, but um, is now Bernard on Lost, and played Dr. Kason on ER. Amy Acker, um, who was on Angel and Alien. And Dollhouse, and now a show called Happy Town. Um, Christian Kane, who's the star of Leverage. Uh, David Jay, who uh, was the bassist for Love and Rockets and Bauhaus. Armin Schimmerman, who uh, was Principal Snyder on Buffy and Quark on uh-huh. Deep Space Nine. Uh, Harry Groner who was the, the mayor from Buffy. Andrea Romano, who um, is the voice director for all of Warner Brothers animation. And, uh, and Kat Von D. And they are turning out really cool.
1: <laughs> well, that's awesome, and, and as I said, you know, the fans of, of both you and Gary Ullman really have something to look forward to with with the, the launch of Take Flight. I mean, that is absolutely uh, marvelous, and I look forward to tuning in. Is it just going to launch like after midnight, or a particular time, or? Or, no, I uh, think hug. it'll
0: start being available in the morning tomorrow. That's what we're all we're gearing toward, and so I actually think by by morning it should be um, you know beginning of the twenty fifth it should be all good to go.
1: Very cool. Very cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here, and uh, and we're going to have you back, and and then we'll also when you come back, also we can talk about the launch, and because there's other things that that we probably didn't get to. Well, I know we didn't get discussed in in terms of making this happen, and and what you just described, and and the whole point of putting a website together, and and, and how you have accomplished this part of it. So, oh, uh, yeah, I'd,
0: I'd love to, because it's, it's, so it's so exciting in terms of what is happening with the Internet now and just how direct you can, you know, with Twitter and Facebook and how direct you can really communicate with people. And the Take Flight website got over 600,000 hits without us even promoting it at all. So now yeah. we're just starting to promote it. So, it, it, you know, it's been pretty amazing.
1: Well, that is fantastic, and I wish you the best of success with this. And I look forward to seeing it tomorrow. And uh, and uh, thanks so much for being on. And and we'll talk, and, and we'll find out when we can get you back.
0: Great, I look forward to it.
1: Well, thank you very much. Have a great rest of the day. You too. Well, there you have it. Uh, I, I think it's exciting. I think it's exciting for Juliet. I think it's exciting for us who are fans of Juliet. And, and for people who have yet to encounter this, I, I think uh, this is a very fascinating uh, foray into filmmaking uh, from both sides—from from Juliet's documentary to what Gary did—and uh, I am—I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to checking into this just as soon as it's available. Juliet Landau's TakeFlight.com. Uh, be sure and go and visit. And uh, for the rest of you, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of Movie Beat. Continue to. Promote us whenever you can, wherever you can, on Facebook, on Twitter, on because it helps guests like my guest today get the word out about their projects and their and their efforts and their services, and you help spread uh, filmmaking advice and suggestions and tips to other filmmakers who may or may not know about this uh, resource. and um, And I think that uh, the. Interviews that we've done so far have been fabulous interviews. I look forward to this being a a great anniversary for Movie Beat, and I thank you for being a part of it. So, all right, everybody. uh, The most important thing right now is for you to enjoy your day, have a good time, get your projects made, and until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.